Welcome to the Particularly Packers podcast. Listen in as Bob Dog travels around the football universe in hopes of understanding the madness that we love about the league, particularly the Green Bay Packers. The journey begins now. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, baby. What's up, everybody? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Oh, man. Wild card weekend is finally upon us. It's, it's, it's exciting, folks. We, we've been waiting a long time. Let's go, Green Bay. Congratulations, man. Y'all made it. Y'all made it. We made it to the dance. That's the, that's the most important part. Get your foot in the door so you can at least try to bust a move. Let's see what we can do. We got the number seven Packers versus the number two Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Packers ended up finishing the year nine and eight, while the Cowboys went twelve and five. This game will be taking place on Sunday, January fourteenth at one thirty p.m. California Pacific time on Fox. Man, it's going down. None of that peacock bullshit that uh. They got people signing up so you can watch one of the playoff games. Hopefully, I can stream it some other way because I really don't feel like signing up for nothing new, man. That's a, that's a whole nother password and some little thing that they're going to do. try to do a certain trial and trial period, and nah, I'm cool on all that. Thankfully, it's not our game, so let's just count our blessings. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys first. The Cowboys are 8-0 and at home this season while averaging over 30 points. Um very concerning, very concerning. If you look at the Packers' last couple games, we uh, weren't hitting that 30-point mark. We barely put up 17 points against the Chicago Bears, and I believe we were at home even. So it's uh, very not looking good in that sense. However, the Packers are 4-5 and five on the road. Um, that, that's, you know, lost more than we won. Uh, 28th in pass defense on the road. Eric Stokes is still on IR, and Jahir Alexander... Looking healthy, but he has missed his six games, which has a lot to do with that 28th ranked uh, pass defense. However, we have Valentine. Valentine, both have balled their ass off. We have Owens. You know, a lot of people playing good, and more more important than anything, Joe Barry has been blitzing. So, jump into special teams, um, we're definitely at a disadvantage there. They have Brandon Aubrey, who's 36 of 38 for field goals, um, 49 of 52 extra points. I mean, this dude is good. Uh, long as 60. Packers, we have Andres Carlson. He's 27 of 33 for field goals, 34 of 39 extra points with a long of 53. Completely outclassed in this category. They have an A, we have a C. Um, Special teams is going to be hurting. We've been hurting on kickoff returns last week. Uh, the Bears were averaging over 33 yards, I think, on their returns. It was horrible. Special teams, got to give it to the Cowboys. Don't like it, but they're better better coached on the special team side. It, it happens. It happens. Um, and they have a better kicker. But it's, you know, hey, we got Carlson. We, we, we made the bed. Time to sleep in that one. Let's go to offense. Cowboys, they have ranked fifth. Well, the Packers, we've ranked 11th. Um, I know that we can go back on how these rookies and rookies this and rookies that. I think a lot of the thing that people fail to understand is once you hit that NFL level, these are a certain type of player. Like, these are special people, man. There's not very many that make it to the league. You have to actually be special just to make it there. you got to be special to make it from high school to college. So to sort yourself out from that college level onto the professional level, there's only a select few that get there. Any player that does make it to the NFL should be able to play wide receiver. I mean, you're literally one of the top 100, you know, 200 in the entire world. So shouldn't it be that difficult to find, um, you know, wide receivers uh, or just talent at the uh, – at that level in the NFL level. However, a lot of that comes down to opportunities. A lot of these young guys are getting opportunities and they're doing a lot with it. So congratulations to Melton and, and all the boys, Wicks. You got Reed. Everybody's over there balling. But what I can say is 
I, I think people underestimate the talent pool that reaches the NFL. I saw a lot of guys from my when I was playing football, they were the best guys. And when it came, they didn't even end up getting drafted. You know what I mean? They were unsigned free agents. So I did play with Sharice Wright and um, Jimmy Smith and those types. Of, they did get drafted. They were the starting cornerbacks for the Baltimore Ravens. I loved watching that squad just because those are my people. Um, with that being said, I saw a lot of guys that didn't make it that were hella talented. So the ones that do make it, man, you should be able to produce when you get that opportunity. All these youngsters have had amazing opportunities, more than most rookies ever. As you know, we're the second youngest team, I think. Uh, I think we're the youngest team, but maybe the second youngest ever. I don't remember exactly what that stat was. We got a bunch of youngsters. We got a bunch of opportunities for the youngsters, and they're making the most of it. So congratulations to them. But that don't fucking matter come playoff time. You, you save all that shit. The Cowboys have been doing very well on offense. Uh, C.D. Lamb, you got Cooks over there, Brandon Cooks. He's he's an amazing talent. Um, they actually have been getting him involved this year. I thought that he wasn't being used enough at the beginning of the year, but he's come on strong. Uh, whatever their little running back name is, they starts with a D. Like I said, my, my, my memory is not the best. But um, their running back game and just everything, Dak Prescott has been playing off the hook. So it's... It's going to be difficult, folks. It's going to be difficult. We can beat him. Um, one thing about Dak, I see that he has taken over four sacks in multiple games and they still win, so I don't see us. If we do push him off the pocket, you know, in the first half, we're going to have to do it for all four quarters because this dude does not break. You know what I mean? He's going to still be coming. So got to watch for that on the Cowboys' side, on the offense. Green Bay's offense, it's going to be difficult. Um, the Cowboys, they have, what's his name, Brand over there. Uh, cornerback he's got I think broke the record for the most touchdown or was it touchdown return interceptions for touchdown was it just straight interception either way Brand is over there balling his ass off uh, Stefan Gilmore he's over there a true veteran a true legend a true cornerback of the game been there a long time he's balling his ass off it's gonna be interesting man we're gonna have to stop Micah Parsons I'll just jump over to the defense the Cowboys have also ranked fifth in defense while the Packers have ranked 17th so statistically looking at this game, the Cowboys should mollywop the Packers. I don't say that, you know, pridefully. It definitely hurts. But looking at the numbers and just doing it, I'm a betting man. You know, I'll be honest with you. I've lived in Las Vegas long enough to know you do not bet with your heart. That'll get you broke real quick. So if I had to put money on, I'm definitely going Cowboys in this one, especially when I look at the coaching advantages. Um, Their defensive coordinator far exceeds ours. Joe Barry versus Dan Quinn is not even a competition. Mike McCarthy has proven that he was not the issue in Green Bay. This dude has done nothing but got his team. I mean, 12 wins is not easy to do in the league. I mean, this guy is coaching his ass off. Give him his credit where due. So even McCarthy, man, Packer Nation, we give it up for you. You're doing better than Aaron Rodgers at this point. But, you know, that's irrelevant. So, yeah, um, special teams, they got us beat. Offense, they got us beat. Defense, they got us beat. I mean, where else do we go with that one? So, I'm I'm really looking at the coaching, Matt LaFleur, um, just his downfalls of clock management last week and uh, just a lot of it and what's going on. It, it, it's sad. It's sad. You know, um, I'm listening to it. He doesn't have that energy, man. I'm not going to go off on it. I'm going to wish us the best, and I can tell us the key to win this game is all going to be the line of scrimmage. If the Packers can control the line of scrimmage, we have a very good chance to win this game. His name is Pollard, actually, the running back for Dallas. So if we can stop Pollard, it all comes down to the line of scrimmage, man. If we can control the line of scrimmage on the offensive side, we have to control Micah Parsons. If we don't control Micah Parsons, we let these guys start getting after Jordan Love, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a real long night. Thankfully, the offensive line has actually done very well. 
Um, Aaron Jones has done good picking up blitzes and doing his help. Maybe we'll have A.J. Dillon back. Not really sure. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But the line of scrimmage is going to have to be there. We're going to have to give Jordan Love the opportunity to throw the ball, even though he's been very quick. I did love that about last week. We had some open blitzers coming in, and he got rid of the ball in time. It wasn't even an issue. So beautifully done. Got to give props where due. However, it's going to be very important this week, especially if we want to get the running game going, which opens up our passing game. We're going to have to win the line of scrimmage. It's hard to do against the Cowboys. They have a lot of talent on the defensive side, especially up front line of scrimmage. Um, offensive of uh, for their offense, we're gonna have to get Dak. We're gonna have to be on Dak. If Dak gets a time to throw, he's gonna beat us. Um, Jahir can definitely cover. He can he can handle his own. I question Valentine and what he's done, especially everybody knows the pass interference that he should have got called that wasn't. And there's a lack of physicality on his side. I think that can be very uh exposed this week, especially with Mike McCarthy. He's the type of guy that will find your weaknesses and expose them. I think as long as you run screens towards Valentine's side instead of Jahir's side, you got a lot better chance. Jahir Alexander loved the way that his physicality showed up last week. He was running at, they, there was like a, I think it was a third and like 20. Everybody's telling him back up. Even Valentine's like, back up, back up. Everybody's saying back up. As soon as that ball was snapped, Jahir shot like a, a bullet just went flying. Um, Preston Smith actually came off the edge and made the pass go high, but I think that also had to do with Jahir Alexander coming flying up from that cornerback spot and just going right through the uh, the blockers, and he was really there trying to be an inconvenience on that play. He was going to rack him, but uh, yeah, like I said, it was overthrown, the ball, and it was to DJ Moore, I remember, and that ball was just overthrown. Jahir was super pumped. I just love the physicality that he brings. Valentine's side, y'all go watch the tape, man. That dude literally goes away from physicality he does not want to make the tackle he does not he wants to you know cover and make the pick but that can really be exposed the only thing that we have helping us is Ballantyne. Ballantyne has showed up especially last week he was balling his ass off he likes the contact he likes to hit darnell savage doesn't have an issue with it he lit comment up last week um really hope darnell savage can just produce for us man he, he's He's a good talent. He, we just haven't had that big play. Um, when it comes to takeaways, I believe that the Packers' defense was like second to last when it came to interceptions. We've got no interceptions this year. That's a big one. We're going to have to win a turnover battle this week, and it's all going to start at the line. If we can win at the line, we have a chance. If we can't win at the line, it's over, folks. Um, but Packers game aside, I know that's going to be a big one. Super excited, super excited. Not a... Not to, uh, I'm not going all in on it. I'll tell you that much, though. It's uh, just looking at the numbers and just looking at how it all racks up. It's just uh, McCarthy has those boys tuned and going, man. They're definitely a well-oiled machine. Coaching departures around the league. This is a big one, man. Eight jobs available. Coaches, I mean, we're talking about um, generational talent stepping out from head coaching positions. We had the Patriots. They've relieved Bill Belichick of his duties. Sounds like he may stay in-house. Not really sure what's going on there. Um, he is under contract, and I know that you know they got nothing but love for him, so let's see how he does over there with the Patriots or what they end up doing. Atlanta Falcons let go of Arthur Smith. That was uh, Everybody saw that one coming. Uh, that was definitely he, – he's mismanaged all of that talent. We'll get into that. The Los Angeles Raiders and Josh McDaniels, another one coming off the Belichick tree, just failed to control the locker room. He has a Lafleur, you know, that, that Matt LaFleur effect. Uh, definitely they came up 
They, they learned under the greats. They learned how to implement systems. But when it comes to actually controlling the locker room, these guys, they're, they're not built for it. I don't think they ever played football and they don't understand. I mean, it's hard listening to a chihuahua when you're a pit bull. That's all I can say on that one. Um, Los Angeles Raiders. Oh, I said that. Josh McDaniel. So then we have the Las, uh, that's the Las Vegas Raiders. So the Los Angeles Chargers, Brandon Staley. Not sure why he was ever brought in. It's all, uh, we could go into that one all day, but Chargers, that's going to be a great landing spot for somebody. Um, Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll has come to an end. I think he did 12 seasons. That was one hell of an accomplishment. I knew when he went there, I said they were going to win the Super Bowl. I watched him at USC. I'm a UCLA fan, by the way. Watched him at USC. Watch what he did with Reggie Bush, Matt Leinard. Spectacular. It was amazing. As soon as that lawsuit came out and they started getting Reggie Bush, Pete Carroll said, I'm out of here. Y'all ain't going to discipline me. I'm moving on to the NFL. So I've always loved that about Pete Carroll. Said, fuck y'all and kept it pushing. Went in and produced. Created a a great culture. Um, Definitely lost a lot of it on that play when he didn't hand off to, you know, Marshawn Lynch. We don't have to bring that up. Pete Carroll, one hell of a coach. Amazing accomplishments and congratulations to all he does. It sounds like he'll be moving up in the organization and overseeing things. But, you know, everything changes. We'll see how it actually plays out. Tennessee Titans released Mike Mike Vrabel. Um, That's a big one. That's a big one. I thought that he's done pretty well over there in Tennessee. I think he might have missed the playoffs the last two years. And I think Mike Vrabel, he played linebacker for Bill Belichick for three Super Bowls. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up under Belichick over there with the Patriots. But we'll get to all that. Carolina Panthers have fired Frank Reich. Um, I think he was... Frank Reich. No, he wasn't the, the uh, FedEx guy, Atlanta guy. Arthur Smith is a FedEx owner's son. Um, Frank Reich. Um, yeah, man, he, whatever's going on in Carolina, it's a disaster. It's been a disaster. We'll look into that one a little more. And last but probably least, Washington Commanders or the Redskins, however you want to call it, and Ron Rivera. Uh, Ron Rivera definitely supposed to be a de- defensive guru. I think they were the worst-rated defense. I'm not sure what he was doing over there, but it did not pan out. Let's go ahead, take a little deeper look. Number eight, Washington, um, the commanders. They do have new ownership last year, so this was the first year into the new ownership. Ron Rivera showed that he does not need to stay around, so they got rid of his ass. However, the opportunities coming for them is substantial. They have the number two pick, so you can go ahead and pick up a franchise quarterback, which is what they need. They're also $78 million in cap space um, free, so they're going to be able to sign. They have the most cap space in the NFL. So it's a complete rebuild, but you're coming in with the tools to do it. However, with the new ownership, there's just so much instability. Um, I look at Washington and just even their division. I, I don't like the Washington job. I think that's the worst one to pick up just because there's really nothing in place. Um, they did bring in Bob Myers, a former NBA exec- executive from the Golden State Warriors. That's 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 very interesting to me because the NBA and the NFL are completely different beasts. However, Bob Myers does have um, the credentials in the NBA world. He actually is the one that was credited with forming the uh, Golden State Warriors just destiny. I mean, that team was just genera- generationally superior to most other teams that will ever exist in our lifetimes. I mean, they were, they were super special. They were taking on LeBron and just battling, and I loved watching it. Um, it's definitely fallen apart since Myers has left, and very curious how that transition is going to go. I would not want to be over there personally just because it seems like a uh, shot in the dark, to say the least, but, hey, he has more credentials than a lot of these guys that are hired, so who knows? 
Let's jump over to number seven, Carolina Panthers. This is their six head coaches in six years under David Tepper. There is a huge problem there. The only reason why I'm putting them over Washington is because of the talent that they have in Bryce Young and DJ Chark. I really like DJ Chark. I think that he's a great player, amazing athlete, and one of the best if he gets the opportunity. He may be inconsistent. He just hasn't had the opportunities to even prove his consistency. A lot of that's due to quarterback play. Um, a lot of that's doing a lack of run game and just lack of leadership. So six head coaches in six years under Tepper, there is a huge issue. They just fired their general manager and they have no first round pick. So it's bad. It's bad. They're looking for a GM. They're looking for a head coach. The only reason I put them above Washington is because they do have Bryce Young in the position. And I really, really, really look forward to DJ Chark. I do still question why they let go of McCaffrey. I think that was, uh, I think anybody would question that when you look at it. I mean, just seeing the talent that McCaffrey is, he's something special, and my next team is playing right into that one. So let's jump in. Number six is the Tennessee Titans. No more Derrick Henry. Give it up for that, man. Derrick Henry, you're a legend, my boy. I'm actually going to give it up for him again just because he's that much of a legend, and I want to take a drink. Oh, man. All right, Derrick Henry, man. Um. I love him. I love everything about him. I would love to get one of his, um, maybe not a rookie card, but maybe I'll just get an auto of Derrick Henry. I really love the way that he played. He's a big guy. He's one of the last true um, three-down backs. I mean, you put him in, he playing the whole game. He's something special, man. Uh, Derrick Henry is something special. I want to give it up for him. He's just so fun to watch. I love the way in his exiting when he was leaving Tennessee, and he took the mic and spoke for him for a couple minutes and just thanked everybody for the opportunity. When he left the stadium, he stayed outside signing autographs and pictures for over an hour. Um, he's just a good guy, man. I love everything about him. When I think of Tennessee, I think of the big mistake that they made on trading A.J. Brown. You see what A.J. Brown's done. That definitely took the safety out of the box and made it a lot easier for Derrick Henry. Trading A.J. Brown was a mistake. It was a fail. They never should have done it. Um and Tannehill, I mean, he's got the injury. Who knows what's going to happen with Tannehill? You have Will Levis over there. He was the 33rd pick. He went 3-6 and six after replacing Tannehill. They do have the number 7 pick in the draft. So it's going to be a complete rebuild. Um, is Will Levis the future? Is Tannehill the future? Who are they going to go with? I'm guessing Levis, just especially due to contract situation that frees up a lot of cap space if they can get rid of Tannehill. Derrick Henry's off the book, so they're going to have that to play with. Um there's plenty, there's plenty of opportunity there in Tennessee, and I think that they have, the, the, uh, they have a foundation there that's, that's decent. Um, they, they've been there. They've been a decent team, and that's why I think if you're going in there, it's not a complete rebuild like Washington or Carolina, so that's the only reason Tennessee made it down there, but I'm still very disappointed in that A.J. Brown trade. Um, I think I had A.J. Brown. No, I had Derek Henry on my fantasy team, and I just watched him plummet ever since. It's never been the same. Derek Henry, man, a man of the people. One last time. Congratulations wherever you go, man. I wish you the best. Seattle. Where do I begin in Seattle, man? Pete Carroll, what he left there is uh, it's a debacle, really, I think. Was that the one where Geno Smith was over there? And it was – they don't have anything, man. Where do I begin? That's all I put. They're number 16th in the draft, so they're not starting there at a strong point. Um, I didn't even look into their caps. But I just don't know what Seattle is going to do. The only reason why I have Seattle at five is because Pete Carroll spent like 12 years or 14 years there. He, there's a consistency – 
there's a lot of pieces in place. Um, I love the way that Pete Carroll in his interview was like, this is not just ch- changing coaches. There are children, there are families involved. All these guys got to move their family. And it's, you know, it's, it's a big one. And I just like the way that, uh, I think they have a very good culture over there. I know that there's some questioning when it comes to Richard Sherman and the things he said, but we should be questioning a lot of the things Richard Sherman said. Great cornerback, but that dude is, uh, we'll just say ignorant to say the least at times because that guy, he just, he just fucking blows up. He's definitely not the smartest guy. We'll put it that way. Um, nothing against him as a, as a person. I, I loved him as a cornerback. I really look forward, but just some of the things he says, just like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? You crazy mother. But Good culture, good culture. Um, I saw that he made a really good post actually about um, Pete Carroll. That was kind of cool, especially because I think a lot of the things he says about Pete Carroll is why I question what he really said because a lot of times it seemed like he was almost – he definitely questioned Pete Carroll a lot, and Pete Carroll is not in a position to really be questioned. Maybe that's Super Bowl, Super Bowl um, handoff, and that's about it. Uh, outside of that, Pete Carroll is – He's the man to me. I've always enjoyed watching him and just watching his career and what he was able to accomplish. I think that he set up a great culture in Seattle, so whoever does go in there doesn't have to change everything. You can just kind of slide in and reposition your pieces. Um, what are they going to do at quarterback? That's a huge question. They got you know a couple different options. You had uh, Zeppi and that other guy that they drafted that hasn't quite worked out. What the hell is his name? I don't even remember, man, but everybody knows who the hell I'm talking about. Oh, what the hell is that? Crazy little white guy that looks young, super young. Damn, whatever, man. Should have written that one down. But that's number five, Seattle. You're going in there. It's going to be interesting to see what Seattle brings. But I do think they offer a lot more than Tennessee, Carolina, and Washington. Number four, this is a good one. Um, this is going to be it's going to be a hot spot. And this is the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert is there. They do have – this is the one of the first ones that actually has a real franchise quarterback. I know Bryce Young is over there in – the Panthers, but he hasn't really proven himself. When it comes to Justin Herbert, we know what he's doing. We know what it's about. The biggest flaw with the L.A. Chargers this year was injuries. I mean, you can look at it how you want to. A lot of it was injuries this year. So I don't want to take anything away from Brandon Staley. Um, what he was able to accomplish didn't pan out too much. Uh, you had the Raiders come off of like there's, what, zero, three to zero performance where they beat somebody. Oh, no, they lost like zero to three or whatever. They come back the next week, and they just smashed um, Brandon Staley's for like 60-something points. The Raiders came in and just whooped ass. Granted, Justin Herbert wasn't playing that game, but there was a complete failure, a complete dismantling, and he was exposed. So injuries, man. They had Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, and Corey Lindsley. We all know Corey Lindsley as Packer fans, man. Give it up to that guy because I think he's going to retire. Thank you, Corey Lindsley, for all you did. I do want to just say that as a Packer fan. Go, Pack, go. Joey Bosa, one hell of a talent. Spent a lot of time injured. Mike Williams, another number one wide receiver for sure. A lot of injuries. It's just hurting, man. And more importantly than that, they're $35 million over the cap, um, and they're in the same division as the Chiefs. So you're in the same division as the Chiefs. You're probably going to be outcoached by Andy Reid. Um, you're definitely not going to have better quarterback play probably than Patrick Mahomes. However, that $35 million over the cap is very, very, very concerning. Um, they, they're going to have to – let go some people. I mean, you just can't go in that way. They do have the number five draft pick, so they will be able to pick something up. Um, however, they're going to have to cut. $35 million over is not going to cut it, and uh, that's going to be interesting. I only have them at number four because they do have a quarterback in place. They have plenty of talent, but they are going to have to go in and shed some of that money. So who will be the one to go? Will it be Joey Bosa? I mean, Corey Lindsley is going. He sounds like he might be going towards retirement um, just due to his injury and everything going on there. So 
We'll see. That's 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 not the worst position to be to be set up in. Uh, with my last page over here, boom. Team number three, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Las Vegas Raiders. Why do I have them at three? I think that uh, their ownership is going to provide them with a lot of resources. I think that now that they're in Las Vegas, I think that the entire NFL, everybody's going to be pushing. Las Vegas is growing with the sports teams. They're picking up everything. They're going to be picking up a basketball team. They had the races. I'm just giving number three to Las Vegas because it's Las Vegas. I live there. I love Las Vegas. However, they have no QB of the future. Um, you know, the Garoppolo story, we don't need to get into that. And his backup, I don't even remember his name, but it's not worth remembering. They have no franchise QB in Las Vegas. They do have the number 13 draft pick. They could always move up and relocate that. Another concern that I have is they have Devontae Adams. Um, Devontae Adams, a great talent, a great addition to have on your team, especially with Max Crosby. They have a lot of talent. However, I am concerned with uh, Garrett Wilson switching his number from, what was it, 14 to 5 or something to his college number, and that looks like he may be freeing up some space for Devontae Adams to slide on over there. Devontae Adams is the type that will throw a fit and get himself pushed out of a locker room. We are aware of that. I'm so thankful he's not a Packer, especially when he went over to, um, were they still Oakland or something, and he ended up pushing the cameraman down. He's a Raider. He's a Raider at heart. He's always been that type, and uh, I've seen it in him, just his personality. He's always had that kind of arrogance to him. Uh, Great wide receiver, great release, great route running. Take nothing away from him as a wide receiver, but in the locker room, I don't see him as a Leader in that sense, I see him as more of a, a emotional fella that is very driven by his emotions. I think that's been proven over time, and good luck with that whole scenario. Hopefully he does go to the Jets, and he can team up with Aaron Rodgers, and they can all fall apart over there. It don't matter to me. Y'all already know, man. Watching this shit with Aaron Rodgers is so comical on um, Pat McAfee. I mean, I'm so thankful he's gone. I don't know if Packer Nations feels the same. Um, just watching what he's doing and just destroying – destroying his reputation um honestly when you start calling people pedophile and start doing that type of shit and that's some serious stuff man that's the type of stuff where you know I'm, I'm i'm gonna put you in a grave for that if you talk about me like that hey your kids are gonna miss it but i'm a different type of individual so i don't have to get into those dark places las vegas are they gonna bring back antonio pierce that's the question um there's definitely some other people that the ownership has already had their eyes on definitely some uh, opportunities there I've even heard some Harbaugh rumors. You never know. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, he can definitely still be signed out of Michigan. I don't think he's uh, put the pen to paper yet, so we'll see how that goes. That would suck, man. For I, I just don't want to see them. Uh, I don't want to see them win. I hate the Raiders. I grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, I was definitely an L.A. Rams fan when I was born. However, when LA, when the Rams left L.A., I had to pick a team, and I was not going with the Raiders. I hate the Raiders. I hate the Raider fans. Um and I was a young kid. My favorite color was green. I was either going to be a Jets fan or a Packers fan. I think the Jets may have had Testaverde or something back then, and the Packers had Brett Favre. So it was an easy decision. Once I found Brett Favre, I'm just going to put it that way. I found him, and it changed my life, man. He's been an inspiration to me ever since. I know he went through his uh, debacle and all those fiascos. However, I love Brett Favre, man. I played number four when I played football. I was a cornerback, and I still chose four. Everybody thought I was weird, but, man, I, Brett Favre has a – he formed, he, he formed part of my life, man. I've, I've always loved him. I loved everything about him, and uh, that's my guy right there. So, damn, Las Vegas. What's going to happen over there? They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. Um, It's not going to be hard. I mean, what if they picked up just, Justin Fields, depending on what the Bears do, you know? And it's just there's a lot of opportunity there, and I think uh, Mr. Davis does 
pay out a lot of money. He's, he's there to support, and uh, I think Las Vegas is a good landing spot for somebody at three. Off to number two, Atlanta. Um, I, I love this Atlanta stack. I love what Atlanta's done on their offensive side. They have so much talent. It was very concerning that the uh, the FedEx guy wasn't able to pull it off. What the hell was that dude's name? Arthur Was it Arthur Smith? Man, I'll be losing all my shit. Arthur Smith, man. He's a FedEx guy's uh, FedEx owner's son or something like that. Basically, he, he didn't have to earn his way in. He, he could have purchased that position, but he's been, you know, he failed. That's the only way to put it. He had so much offensive talent on that side for what he was able to accomplish his ass. Um, and that, that's the only way to put it. Atlanta's situation now, who is Desmond Ritter? I mean, they, they drafted him. He's supposed to be the future, and it did not look as such. You watch Desmond Ritter, he looked like a, a – a failure. I mean, just a complete um, bust. That's the word I was looking for. He looked like a bust last year. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I saw a lot of his rookie cards going for decent money. I, I didn't personally like him. I thought he was more of a, a runner. He played into his system that he was in in college. I don't watch much college, but I did watch a lot of his uh, highlights and stuff. I didn't think that he had the arm talent to really be on this level. You never know, though. You get him under the right scheme. Uh, and like I said, you get a Jim Harbaugh over there. You saw what he accomplished with Kaepernick and you give somebody, you get the right person in there. They may be able to make something out of Desmond Ritter. Um, it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, I'm not sure if Desmond Ritter even gets another chance, but we'll see what they do have in place in Atlanta. You have Drake London, one of the top wide receivers, young, um, you know, still early. You have B. John Robertson. B. John Robinson is awesome. I love watching him run. Um, plenty of talent. He was definitely underutilized this year, unfortunately, and he's got a, a strong, strong promise. It's actually maybe better that he was underused just because that means he didn't get all the snap and all the, all the mileage, you know, so hopefully keep him young a little longer. And they have Kyle Pitts, one hell of a tight end, one of the best in the league. This dude is extraordinary. Every time I watch him, he's a very smart route runner. He knows when to break it off. He knows when to flatten it out. He knows all that stuff. Kyle Pitts is amazing. So you match Kyle Pitts, Drake London, B. John Robinson. You have it all. All you need to do is figure out your wide, your quarterback situation there. They do have an aging offensive line. You're going to have to kind of work on that one. But they do have $34.1 million in cap space. Plus, they have the eighth pick, and they have draft capital. So for me, Atlanta, it should probably be number one. Their defense is questionable. Quarterback's questionable. And... Um, their ownership is the biggest part for me is questionable. And that's because I've been watching them, you know, since the Matt Ryan days, that was my first playoff game that I ever went to was Matt Ryan. I believe it was a year that he took over for uh, Michael Vick and they went to the playoffs. I went to an Arizona Cardinals versus Atlanta Falcons game. I loved it. It was awesome. Amazing. Uh, that was a Kurt, Kurt Warner years with um, the Cardinals. And that was just a blast. So, I've always keep an eye on Atlanta. They always have a little piece in my heart just because it was my first game, and I would love to see them get back on track. They have the pieces. It's all there, and it's a really exciting spot over there, whoever lands there. You have to figure out the defense for sure, but offensively, the pieces are in play. That's a good place to land. And number one, I'm only putting it there, especially a lot of it's probably due to uh, respect, tradition, um, what they were able to accomplish, and that's the New England Patriots. I mean, it's the end to an era. And when I say that, 24 seasons with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, the legend, the man, give it up for him. The GOAT. The GOAT. One of the GOATs of coaches. Uh, Saban, also retired. Congratulations to Mr. Saban as well. The coaching. The, the college GOAT. And we have the professional GOAT in uh, Bill Belichick, man. Just hats off to you. 
consistency is the reason why I put them at the number one spot. They do have the number three draft pick. They have a couple, you know, they have quarterback on the roster. It might work out, might not. Um, what the fuck is his name? I, I can't think of it, man. I can think of his card. I can see him. Is it Mac or something? I don't remember. Y'all know who the hell it is. Um, but the Patriots, uh, the only reason I have him at number one is just consistency. I think if you get in that building, I think you're pretty well set. Um, I'm not sure what Bill Belichick's going to do if he's going to stay with the organization and kind of oversee operations and help on that side. Who knows? I just love what the Patriots were able to accomplish um, over those 24 years. Congratulations to Bill. You probably shouldn't be the number one spot because I'll be honest, I'd rather land in Atlanta. But working under Mr. Kraft, I think that he is very supportive. I think that he's always been supportive of Bill Belichick. I love the way that he – um, is respectful to his to his people, and I think that that would be a great place to end up. My honest opinion is I think Vrabel will end up with the Patriots. I think that will set him up nicely because he'll be able to work under um, Bill Belichick. If Belichick stays in the organization and is looking down as an advisor, I, I know that he has history with Vrabel. Um, Vrabel can slide right in. I know Vrabel didn't really produce over there at the end with the Titans, but like I said, I don't think it was Vrabel's decision to trade A.J. Brown. Once he lost A.J. Brown, that changed the dynamics of that offense. It really crippled him and handicapped him. So, I mean, he did what he could. Derrick Henry, man, still love you, man. Still want to give it up for him one more time, one more time. Oh, man, what a game, what a game. So I'm going to wrap it up with that. My number one pick for the coaching spot is definitely the Patriots, just due to Robert Kraft and the support that he seems to provide and just their uh, the culture that they have already have established as well. You don't have to go in and rebuild. You know that people are showing up to play. All you got to do is tell them where to go, and you know that they're going to be there for you, especially if they keep all the big dogs in-house. Um, love it. Love everything about it. Going to wrap this episode up. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. I don't know if I'll make another episode before the game because as much as I was looking into it, I was like, man, maybe I can draw out this, I can draw out that. It's going to be a tough one, folks. Uh, The Packers are going to have their hands full. Um, We can't rely on Matt LaFleur as proven by last week's game along with multiple other playoff games. His clock management is ass. It's it's, uh, Bafuki. It is... um, the only person I would even compare him to and, and clock manage it is Arthur Smith. And I think he's, they lost like four games while leading up by one minute. I mean, he's just that bad. Matt LaFleur does not know how to manage the clock. He showed it this week, this very past week with the uh, failure to get any points before halftime in a win or get in scenario. And that one hurts. So we're going to be out coached on the offensive side. We're out coached on the special team side, even though the Packers have the highest paid special coordinator in the league. That's that rich Biasco mother that dude um he hasn't he has not worked out he is not our kick returns were definitely questionable last week definitely our field goal is not field goals not there i just don't understand what exactly he's doing for being the highest paid so special teams they got us head coach they got us defensive coordinator they got us joe barry against dan quinn not even a competition they just blow us out so we will be out coached I, i do not question that at all um we'll be out coached quarterback uh we're pretty damn close we, we, we talk about it. i'm not a Dak prescott fan that dude's been balling this year he's been balling his ass off jordan love he's been balling towards the end a lot less consistent but you know he's got the he's got the young youngness under him but he's not no rookie he did do his three years under uh aaron Rodgers. so don't get aaron don't get love confused as a rookie he's got a 
we got to expect what we're getting from him. I, I, that's what I expect. I don't. I hear a lot of people saying Green Bay was in a rebuilding year. I don't know how the hell you rebuild when you're uh, already drafted this dude three years ago. That was that was. We can get into that all four years ago now, but I mean rebuilding shit. We should have drafted somebody to give Aaron Rodgers a Super Bowl. But if Jordan Love plays out the way Jordan Love is playing out, maybe it was a good move after all. So, oh man, so glad Aaron Rodgers is no longer our quarterback. Um, Unfortunately, Packers are doing so good. I don't think Matt Lafleur would get fired this year. I thought if we missed the playoffs, Matt Lafleur might get out of the get out of the way and stop holding us back and uh, take Joe Barry with you. You know what I mean? Um, I see Luke Getze just got fired, so he may be coming in. Who knows? He's got a lot of connections with the Packers. He can come in as a, a QB coach or something. Hopefully, I don't know. I don't want to go really back, but it is what it is. Love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Definitely going to enjoy this uh, playoff Sunday. And, oh, man, hopefully we don't have to sign up for Peacock next week. Uh, Packers, Packers, Cowboys, Sunday, 1.30 p.m. California time on Fox. Don't miss it. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all, and I'm out. You have been listening to the Particularly Packers podcast. Please follow us on social media, and please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening, and as always, Go Pack Go!